the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. <coughs> Good morning. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Welcome to my show. How's everybody doing this morning? We are at 860 AM, WGUL. We are the answer. And what's our, uh, what's our website again, Bill? AM860theanswer.com. AM860theanswer.com. That's AM860theanswer.com. You can listen on your computer if you want, or you can use your iHeart smartphone, or you can just use a radio the old traditional way. By the way, this is talk radio, and we are interactive. And our call-in number is 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. Well, if you're joining the show for the first time, I usually stick with one topic and welcome questions or comments as we go along. Sometimes I'll ask a question. This morning, I wanted to give you a little news report that I thought was interesting and, of course, validates Dr. Bill's perceptive and incisive views of how things are and should be. And as some of you know, who listen to the show frequently, I've talked about forming another home guard or home militia of volunteers, people who are willing to be psychologically and physically vetted so that they're uh, assumed to be and assured to be hopefully uh, capable of carrying a sidearm, a nine millimeter pistol, and having this concealed and using this as a deterrent to terrorist attacks and uh, criminal attacks on our citizenry. Well, I think that's a great idea. Uh, they should have specialized training. There should be a boot camp every summer for a couple of weeks to reorient, reorient, reorient them to their weapons and to make sure that they're practicing and staying up to snuff and that they're psychologically and physically fit to carry this load. Guess what? The French government will confirm the creation of a new National Guard to help protect its citizens and the nation from Islamist terror attacks. And they're urging all able-bodied people to step up and join. And they want to increase their current home militia, if you will, by at least 12,000 people. And they've already had 2,500 people answer the call, including Marion Le Pen, the Catholic niece of the right-wing Front National Party leader, Marine Le Pen. 
So she tweeted last week, in the West as in the East, Christians must stand up to resist Islam, adding, faced with the threat that weighs on France, I decided to join the military reserve and I invite all the young patriots to do the same. And so Francois Hollande, 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 I don't know how you pronounce his last name. My French is terrible. He is the president of France, and he is going to bring this before their legislative body, their parliamentary body, and push this through as rapidly as can. So even the left uh, is involved and interested in this. And, uh, of course, Dr. Bill's been saying this for several months. The French, once again, have jumped ahead of us in this matter. And for me, that's just terrible. I don't want the French ahead of us. We should be leading the world, not following it. All right, that's that's all the political stuff for today, unless someone has a comment about that. And I'm at 877-969-8600. 877-969-8600. Well, today the show is going to be on skin cancer. Uh, why skin cancer? Well, this is the, the most prevalent cancer there is. And although the overwhelming majority of skin cancers are uh, very slow-growing and rarely metastasized, there are some bad actors in there. And I've had a few people come in with metastatic, that is, skin cancer that has gotten out of the barn, gotten out of the local area and entered the lymph system and gotten into distant organs. And uh, that's uh, really a bad, bad situation. It's tough to treat that. Well, the skin is an interesting organ. It's the largest organ of the body, believe it or not. And it covers the greatest area and weighs the most and actually does the most. And so we want to take care of the skin, especially people like us who live in Florida in the Sun Belt areas. And we want to use our SPF and avoid getting sunburned. And if we're fair skin, wear long sleeve shirts and pants when you go to the beach and a big floppy hat as well as your SPF. Including melanoma and basal cell and squamous cell cancers, it's the most common of all cancers. It accounts for at least half of all cancers. And the melanoma, which is the bad boy, that's the bad actor. This has been increasing for years, and this is predominantly in white people, although Hispanics do get it, and rarely blacks get it as well. And what is the skin, and what is skin cancer? Where does it come from? Well, the skin's made up of three layers and many different cells. And the skin cancers are named for the type of cells that become cancers, and these are associated with the layers of the skin. Now, at the very top, what we see are the squamous cells. These are the cells that have been compressed into kind of a tough outer layer. And from there arises the squamous cell skin cancers, which are easy to treat as long as you don't wait too long. Now, the basal cells are deeper in the skin, and this is where the basal cell carcinomas come from. These are the, the most benign, the least aggressive of all of the cancers that we deal with on a routine basis, and they can sit for years before they do anything. Their main problem is that they're locally invasive. That is, if you have one on your ear or your nose or your lip, eventually it'll, it'll take over and you'll have this big, ugly, honking scab and lesion on your, on your face or your ears or your lips or your nose, and it'll actually... Uh, eat, eat away locally at the skin tissue and, and replace it. So 
it's it, it's a problem locally, but it rarely gets out of the barn. Now, the squamous cells do get out of the barn. A, f- a few percentage of these will metastasize and go to the lymph nodes and to the organs and uh, get in the body. And, and these are very, very, very difficult to treat. There is, I, as as of this sitting here, I have not seen anyone cured of squamous cell skin cancer once it's gotten out of the barn and into the body. Uh, So that has to be addressed early, and it has to be uh, excised properly to make sure that all the margins are free of cancer cells. And that's easy to do in the office. Bigger lesions, facial lesions, ear lesions, uh, we'll leave that to the plastic surgeons. And they can do those either in their office. A lot of them will have suites where they can operate now right in their offices or at the hospital, as some will still, will still do. The bad boy comes from the most basic level of the skin, which, is the, or which are the melanocytes. These cells are the cells that make the pigment of our skin, the melanin. And the melanin is the pigment that gives us a dark complexion. And the more melanin we have, the darker we are. And this is protective against the sun and the damaging effects of the sun's rays. So that's where the bad boys come from, the melanomas. And there is a lot of new research in this area. The melanomas are being attacked, and they're being attacked not only with local excision, which is still the primary cure for disease that hasn't gotten out of the the local skin area, but also with a a, a fantastic new group of drugs called immunomodulators or biologics, and I'll talk about those later. They actually uh, turn off and turn on different parts of our immune system to help fight these cancers. So the the melanomas are the bad boys. The basal and the squamous are relatively easy to treat, and melanoma early on is easy to treat. And you say, well, what do they look like? Well, the basal cells look like a, a, kind of a, a, a bumped-up wart that gets necrotic or breaks down in the middle as it gets bigger. Uh, they bleed easily. People, when they're early on, will shave them off, but they'll keep coming back. And they're so easy to treat in the office, just do an excision. And what I do is, is, and what most people do, is they'll do like a boat biopsy incision. What is that? Well, what you do is you have a three-to-one ratio so that if the incision length is, say, three centimeters, then the width of the incision as you do a, a boat-like, a canoe-like incision around it is one centimeter. So it's a three-to-one ratio And that way you can get around the outsides of the margins of the cancer cell. And then after we do that, what we do is we will sharply cut the skin away from the fatty tissue underneath the the remaining edges so that you can pull it together without puckering and it makes a nice plastic surgical closure. And then you use your suture material and there are specialized ways to suture where you can flip the the, uh, margins of the skin upward so that they don't roll in on themselves because the top layer of the skin is basically dead and it will act as a foreign body and make a a bigger scar there. So you want to get the skin margins uh, approximated uh, for each level precisely as you can do it and you get a better closure and better healing. You want to make sure that that gets sent off to the 
pathology lab to the to the laboratory, and what we do is we put the the skin biopsy uh, with all the fat and, and and the and the tumor and everything all in one piece into a little jar of formaldehyde to preserve it. And I know everybody remembers formaldehyde from biology class, and that's that stinky stuff that the animals that we dissected were preserved in. So. That's what we do. We send it off. The pathologist will slice it up and stain it and fix it, and they do all kinds of fancy things. And they can tell us if it's uh, a cancer, what kind of cancer it is, and whether or not we've gotten it all out. The, the margins are clear. The borders are clear. We've gotten around it far enough that we don't have any residual cancer cells in there. And so that's curative for for. Uh, most skin cancers, basal cells almost always, squamous cells almost always. Melanomas, if it's local disease, if it hasn't grown too big and gone too far, it will cure that as well. So this is the way to treat this. Easy to do. Mostly can be done in the office. Where do we get these things? Well, the melanomas in men are usually on the trunk, although I've seen them on the arms and the scalp and Anywhere where there's sun exposure, especially if there uh, was a history of a sunburn, a bad sunburn, then those areas are more likely to be uh, a source of the melanoma cancers. And again, these are the bad boys. And women, more common on their legs. Obviously, the women will sit out and sunbathe and roll back and forth and baste the legs. So they have more problems there. You can also get them on the neck and the face. Essentially, anywhere where your skin is exposed to the sun and where you uh, overdo it. Now the basal cells, which are really slow growing, I mean they're really, really slow growing. About eight out of ten skin cancers are basal cells. These are the most common. And these look like basal cells of the epidermis and so they're they're a little uh, coarser, uh, a little more uh, lively. They're, they're stacked up, kind of like a wart only uh, not as lumpy bumpy and they can break down in the middle and they usually develop on sun exposed areas especially the head and neck now occasionally these do get out of the barn usually it's somebody who has ignored it for years basal cells are found only in middle aged or older people uh, or at least they once were now we're seeing them in, in some younger people they tend to be as I said slow growing and they rarely spread or metastasize to the lymph nodes or to distant parts of the body. But they can grow into nearby areas and invade the skin and the bone and the tissue underneath, and it can make a real mess. They can recur, and they can also crop up somewhere else, although that's not the same tumor. That's a, 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 a basal cell cancer that has jumped up de novo. That is all new and all on its own. But you may be predisposed. We may be, be predisposed because of our exposure to sun, because of tobacco abuse, uh, because of genetics, family history, and our pigmentation. The lighter we are, the more likely we are to get skin cancers, sun-induced skin cancers. There are other skin cancers I'm not going to talk about that are not related to sun exposure or to actual cancers arising out of the skin. There are uh, blood cell cancers that can pop up on the skin. There are uh, Kaposi sarcoma, which is another type of skin cancer, which is not really skin tissue, but it does manifest itself on the skin. Now, the squamous cells, 
arise from the top layer. That's the layer you and I see. And they tend to be more aggressive than basal cells. And they're more likely to invade fatty tissue just beneath the skin. They're more likely to spread to our lymph nodes and to distant parts of the body. But this, again, is uncommon unless you just let it go forever and ever. You say, well, where are my lymph nodes? Well, you have lymph nodes in almost every joint space. So in your forearm and arm uh, where they where we draw blood from you, uh, right in there, if you bend that at your elbow, the, the uh, cavitation there, there are some lymph nodes in there. In your armpit, you can even feel them. They're kind of lumpy, bumpy. In the groin area, in the neck, tonsils are lymph tissue. So we have lymph tissue all over the body. Uh, the skin cancers will first, almost always, first go to the lymph nodes so that it makes it a little bit easier for us to identify if there are metastases or if this cancer is moving out of this local area into a regional area that is your armpit or your neck nodes or your groin nodes. But the squamous cells are a little more aggressive, and I have seen a few people die from these, and it is dramatic. It is really dramatic. We had a, a, a patient uh, who saw us for years, and we didn't see her for several months, and then she came in and she had a bandage over the right side of her face. And we got the bandage off, and she had a big squamous cell on her face there. And I said, we need to treat that. And she said, no, 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 I don't want any treatment. And she didn't receive any treatment. And, of course, it, it metastasized. It got into the lymph nodes, and it went into her organs, and she eventually died from it. Locally, it just ate right into her her cheek. And if you put your hand on your chin like you're going to rest your 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 head and your hand on, on your elbow on the desk, where your fingers are right in front of your ear, if you'll press there, that's the parotid gland. And if you massage that gently, you'll notice that that side of your mouth gets a little more moist. That's one of the big glands that produces saliva. And this tumor had eroded right into that, uh, that gland on this woman. It was a, a terrible death, I tell you. I've seen a few Canadians as well. Why they don't take the lesions off in Canada, I'm not sure. I think part of it is there's just not enough uh, exposure. Uh, certainly in Florida, we're much more aggressive because we see much more skin cancer, and we recognize it a lot quicker and a lot easier, and we're more uh, diligent, and we inform everybody about this, and we tell them to check themselves and to be checked annually by their doctor for skin cancers, especially as we get older. A lot of us have benign uh, things that crop up on us, you know, dark uh, spots that pop up, and uh, they're not cancerous, but sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between that and uh, a basal cell or even a melanoma. And so we need to be uh, observant and diligent and on guard and get these things off. They are treatable and curable, but boy, it's a horrible death to see a squamous cell uh, cancer metastasize and uh, just just a really uh, a really bad death. I mean, you know, it takes months because they're so slow-growing. It's not something that happens fast. And uh, they, they get everywhere. And, of course, they get in the lymph nodes and in the skin. And they can interfere with almost any organ function. So we've got to take this, this very seriously. The squamous cells are bad guys, and we want them off. What causes skin cancer? 
Well, we know that the ultraviolet radiation from the sun exposure is what precipitates and starts the development of this cancer. There's also uh, undoubtedly some genetics that we still have to learn. Although this is so widely spread uh, in people who are sun exposed that one would think that perhaps there uh, is something ubiquitous in our genetics and our DNA that at, at least at this point of our evolution, if you believe in evolution, that that dictates that if we don't have enough melanocyte, if we don't have enough skin blocking cells, or we don't wear our SPF, we're going to have some damage. Why? Well, the, the genetic material in the skin cells is damaged by the ultraviolet light rays. And so it's easy to prevent that by just making sure that you're not exposed to high doses of this. You can't escape it completely no matter where you live. There's a little sunshine even at the North Pole part of the year, but uh, not enough to do the damage that we see in Florida. Now, there are some skin cancers where we know there's a genetic pattern like families with inherited melanomas, and the genetic changes that uh, greatly increase the risk of melanoma are passed from one generation to another. So we have multiple generations with melanomas. And there are even genetic markers of melanoma cells that the researchers have identified, and they are working with those along with the new uh, therapies to treat these cancers once they're out of the local area, out of the uh, regional lymph nodes in the skin. And the things besides the sun that will increase your chances of getting a skin cancer include the genetics, as we've said, but also smoking. Smoking is a big risk factor for a number of cancers. It predisposes the cells to more genetic damage. We also know that heavy metals like arsenic can predispose us to skin cancers. And you say, well, how on earth would somebody get arsenic in their system? Less common today than in past times. But remember, arsenic was used not only as a, as a rat poison, but also as a husband poison. <laughs> a lot of wives found that a very, very easy way to get rid of the old man. And uh, it was fairly widely available in, in years not too, too far past in my lifetime it was available. And in the 19th century, it was used as a, a purgative. So the springtime uh, cleansing to get rid of the parasites and everything else and the constipation that had been caused because in the winter there weren't fresh fruits in a lot of parts of the world. So you ate nothing but meat and cheese and, and uh, very constipating things. So you'd, you'd give sulfur and molasses and a little tinge of arsenic and that would wipe out all the parasites and get you moving again and, and kill off any bacteria that had decided to take up residence in the bowel. And so people had arsenic in their system, and it's like lead. It will be deposited in the skin. It will be deposited in the organs, in the hair. And if it gets uh, to high enough levels, it can cause not only predisposition to cancers of the skin, it can also cause anemia, it can cause heavy metal poisoning, and death. And that's the part that the, that the husbands and the rats don't like to think about, but uh, that's a fact of life. Uh, what are the risk factors for melanomas? Again, if you have an area that's been intensely sunburned, you're at a higher risk. Your melanoma risk is greater if one or more of your 
first degree relatives, father, mother, sister, brother, child has been diagnosed with a melanoma. And about 10% of people with melanomas have a family history of melanoma. So it's important when somebody in the family has a skin cancer taken off to find out what kind of skin cancer is this. Is this or was this a melanoma? And if so, then you need to go see your dermatologist or your family doctor and uh, get naked and let them inspect every corner and crevice of the body. Lift up those arms and look in the pits. Take a little peek in the, in the cracks here and there. And if you're not circumcised, uh, they can start under the uh, foreskin. So there's a number of areas where they can come from. And they can even start in the mucous membranes of the mouth, the nose, the vagina. Although it's uncommon, it does happen. And we also see melanomas in the eye. And we used to think that this was the worst of the worst. <clears throat> Actually, it's not a bad, a bad thing as long as it doesn't get into the brain. And there's a direct connection between the brain and the eye. The, the nerve that runs from the eye to the brain is basically an extension of the brain. So it can get into the brain, and brain metastases are tough, tough, tough to treat. You're talking about radiation and chemotherapy and the biologics, the immunologic therapies that we'll talk about. But it can occur in the eye, and so the treatment for that is to take the eye out. And then you can be like Sammy Davis Jr. and have a glass eye. Oh, boy. You'll, be, you'll have something in common with some very famous people. So you're, if you've had a melanoma, you're more likely to get another one. If you've been immunosuppressed, that is, your immune system has been uh, kept down for medical reasons or for infectious or viral reasons. So, like, if you've had an organ transplant and you're on medication to keep your immune system from attacking that foreign kidney or heart or liver or whatever it was that was uh, transplanted into you, then you're more likely to develop melanoma as well as other diseases. The gender is before age 40, the risk is higher for women. After age 40, higher for men. This cancer is on the increase. We're not sure why. Perhaps because we're living longer. Perhaps because the ultraviolet radiation of the sun is more intense. Perhaps because we're getting out and being more active. Uh, so there's a number of reasons. Even genetics can come into play. And the melanoma is less related to aging than most cancers, but it's still more likely to occur in older people. Our immune system changes. The damage of the sun over the years, the decades, adds up. The uh, cells that have been damaged start to reproduce. And once they uh, learn how to reproduce their own cell line and not be affected by the immune system, then they can take over, and that's a cancer. But it's still one of the few cancers that's found in younger people, and it's one of the most common cancers in people younger than 30. In fact, it's one of the biggest killers for young women in their 25 to 30, 35-year-old range. And we even see it in children in families who have a genetic predisposition to this. Now, the risk for basal and squamous cell cancers, again, are the sun, smoking, men, we're two times as likely as women to have basal cells and three times as likely to have squamous cells. By the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking about skin cancer. And the three main ones are the squamous, basal, and the melanoma skin cancers. <clears throat> and 
these are the most common of all cancers. And they're also, uh, for the most part, some of the most slow-growing and indolent and easy to treat, although the melanomas are one of the bad, bad boys. And this, until a few years ago, was almost uniform, uniformly fatal if it was metastatic, that is, if it had gotten out of the local area of the skin into the lymph nodes and into the organs like the lungs and the liver, and it's just a bad, bad actor. Now, the basal and squamous cells, so the risk factors besides exposure to sun, include exposure to certain chemicals. As I said earlier, arsenic, which is a heavy metal. It's also a poison. It used to be used as a cathartic, clean the bowel out in the springtime. And you can have work exposure to things that will predispose you to skin cancers, industrial tar, coal, paraffin, and certain types of heavy oils. These are petroleum products. They come from oil. And there are a number of chemicals in oil that can cause cancer if there's a long enough exposure or a heavy enough exposure. And you say paraffin, that's wax. Yes, wax is uh, a, a product of coal, of tar, of petroleum. And we see, or we used to see, we don't see as much, but the coal miners had an increased risk for skin cancers. Uh, people who worked around tar, like people who were paving streets and constantly working in that environment, uh, the the Chimney sweeps of the old days had increased risk of skin cancer as well as other cancers because of the the uh, soot and the tar that lined the chimneys that they cleaned out, and they'd get that on their skin and inhale it and ingest it, and they had all kinds of problems. Now, if you've had radiation treatment, like for breast cancer, you can have an increased risk in that area for a skin cancer. Although the radiation has gotten so much better, oh my gosh, you can't believe how precise these radiation beams are, the depth that they can go to. used to be a big problem if you had radiation for breast cancer or for prostate cancer that you would have all kinds of local problems. Uh, if you had prostate radiation, you could get uh, radiation burns of your, of your rectum and your colon, and that became a big problem, and proctitis. Uh, but we have refined the technology to the point where the external beam radiation that's a little pencil point beam of radiation can be so precisely uh, presented to the body so that it attacks almost only the, the cancer or the tumor in question. And we do this with CAT scans and imaging devices that help us localize the tumor. And on top of that, the radiation beam is driven by a computer program that's slaved directly to the CAT scan computer program so that it knows exactly precisely where it needs to go. And there are feedback mechanisms that can say, yeah, you're in the right spot or no, you're not. And there's a laser-guided imaging, uh, aiming, so to speak, like a gun with the laser where it is you want to shoot your beam. So it's gotten a lot better. Again, another risk factor is a previous skin cancer. So if you had one taken off of your hand and you got something jumping up on your face and it's been there and it's not going away and you've put everything on it, hydrocortisone cream, neosporin, and it's still there and you shave it and it bleeds and then it grows right back, 
then you need to get in and see somebody because that's probably a skin cancer that has recurred. Long-term or severe skin inflammation or injury uh, of any kind can predispose us as well. So there are a number of factors, but again, the biggest two are going to be the sun and tobacco abuse for basal and squamous cells. In the old days, we used some treatments for psoriasis, which is a skin condition uh, that could predispose us. We used cold tar creams, and that did a, a great job for uh, keeping the keeping the uh, psoriasis under control, uh, but it also was made of, uh, of coal or oil-based products, and this could predispose us to that. And there's a condition that you can inherit called xeroderma pigmentosis. That's an abnormality of the pigmentation of the skin that predisposes us. Basal cell nevus syndrome, these are inherited things. Smoking, smoking's still a big one. HPV, the papillomavirus uh, infection that can cause cervical cancer in women. It can also cause uh, tonsil and throat cancers in people. This can also predispose us. And, of course, reduced uh, immunity. Your immune system is knocked down by a treatment for uh, cancer or you're on immunosuppression because you've had a transplant, your liver, kidney, or a heart. And these are all things that can predispose us to basal and squamous cell carcinomas. So what can you do to prevent and beat skin cancer? Well, hang in there, and I'll be right back, and I'll have the answer to that and everything else. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The National Transportation Safety Board confirms at least 16 people died in yesterday's hot air balloon crash in central Texas and makes it one of the worst hot air balloon crashes in the history of the nation. The NTSB is investigating. One woman dead, three others in the hospital after a shooting in a crowded entertainment district of downtown Austin, Texas in the early hours of the morning. Police say a suspect began firing into the crowd after an initial disturbance. Assertions by GOP presidential nominee Donald Trump about the fall debates are being rejected by both the NFL and the Commission on Presidential Debates. The billionaire businessman says the debates have been rigged by his opponents to draw a smaller audience by scheduling two of them at the same time as a football game. And 57 homes have been consumed by a large fire burning north of Big Sur, California. 
This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2795. That's 727-771-2795. Who's happy to be at the game today? You know who's not happy? Your buddy Pete, stuck at home doing the laundry with his wife, who loves soap operas. Pete should have taken advantage of Sun Country Cleaner's wash, dry, and fold service. With 38 convenient locations in Tampa Bay and delivery, Pete could be here, dealing with overtime at the ballpark instead of dealing with an overflowing hamper. Sun Country Cleaners, let us do the laundry while you do life. Online at suncountrycleaners.com. You've probably heard about the beautiful track at West Chase Golf Club, but here's something you may not know. West Chase Golf Club is open to the public. That's right, it looks and feels like a private course, but it's open to the public. West Chase features a championship 18-hole par 72 course where you'll encounter all the nature has to offer. Birds, deer, and gators are frequent visitors. They offer full dining, a pro shop, and easy access just off the veterans just northwest of the airport. Check out westchasegc.com for tee times and group outings or call 813-854-2331. West Chase Golf Club, it's not private, it just feels that way. Hi, Mark Wamza here, General Manager for Ed Morris Brandon Automall. Let me tell you why this is going to be the best summer ever. Right now, we're offering great deals on new Fiats with up to $8,500 off MSRP. And during our 70th anniversary celebration, you can lease a brand new Fiat 500X for only $199 a month. It's happening now during the best summer ever sales event at Brandon Automall by Ed Morris. Click Brandon Automall, Alpha Romeo Fiat.com. Select and stock models, approved credit, 500X, 36 month lease, $29.99 down, plus tax tag title fees, zero security deposit. See dealer for details. Cloud sunshine mixing with some clouds today with a thunderstorm in spots this afternoon and a high of 91. Then look for a shower or a thunderstorm in spots tonight. Otherwise, partly cloudy with a low of 77. Tomorrow and Tuesday, partly sunny, thunderstorm in the afternoon, high both days, 92. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM 860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. That's a little bit of George Harrison and the Beatles singing Here Comes the Sun. Apropos, since we're talking about skin cancers and the big risk is, is the sun. So how do we prevent skin cancers? We're talking about skin cancers, the three biggies, melanomas, basal and squamous cell cancers of the skin. So we got to limit our ultraviolet exposure. That's the sun and tanning beds, sun lamps, 
sun safety, slip, slop, slap, and wrap. Put that UV blocker on, uh, the SPF that has a different uh, uh, 15, 30, 45, 60 different levels of protection. And I don't know if there is an absolute uh, relationship between the the more SPF and the, uh, the higher the number of the blocking ability and the decreased amount of radiation exposure or not. I've heard that once you get above 30, and don't quote me on this, that it doesn't matter that 30 is the top and you don't get any more benefit out of higher numbers. That I don't know, but you can check that out. But be sure and put on your sunscreen before you head to the beach or go out to play golf or ride your bike. Or if you're really fair-skinned, you might just want to use some uh, UV blocking agents every morning after your shower or your bath. Put some on your skin. A lot of the women buy the makeup that already has the ultraviolet uh, blockers in it. The SPF uh, rating is on the jar or on the tube of the of the. I guess, what do you call it? Is that a base cream or uh, that you put on underneath your makeup? What, what, what do you call it? Your, the basis? I think that's what the wife is nodding her head, yes. And also protect yourself with clothing. But be aware that not all clothing, not all clothing blocks out all the UV rays. So if you're wearing a, a light cotton shirt, you may not be blocking out all the rays. And there are even clothes that have a ultraviolet protection factor value that you can read on the label. Uh, I'm not uh, up on that. However, you may be, and you can check and see. Hats, broad-brimmed hats, SPF, again, the sunscreen of at least 30, and put it on about 20 to 30 minutes before you go outside and reapply it every couple of hours, especially if you're on the beach or you're at the pool and swimming. And don't use sunscreen as an excuse to stay out in the sun longer. Limit your exposure. Wear your sunglasses. Wear the wraparounds if you have them. And make sure that they absorb the ultraviolet rays and block both UVA and UVB. And that helps not only with the area around the eyes to protect from skin cancer, but also that will cut down on your, on your chances of developing a cataract, which is a... Uh, an opacity or clouding of the lens of the eye, and then you have to go have that removed, and they put in the artificial one. Not a big deal, not a big operation, and a lot of older people end up with this one way or another, uh, but uh, it may give you a few more years without having to go for that surgery. Now, especially during the hottest part of the days, you want to stay out of the sun, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. The shadow test, if your shadow is shorter than you, the sun's rays are the strongest. So stay inside. Why is that? Well, the more directly overhead the sun is, the less of a shadow you're going to cast. And if you think about the rising and the setting sun and you're standing upright, well, you're going to cast a much longer shadow. So do the shadow test. And protect the kids. You know, that's, that's a big deal. We didn't know that much when I was a kid. And although mom tried to keep us covered up with sun-blocking agents and, and uh uh, zinc oxide on our nose and all that, we still got sunburned on our faces and our shoulders and our backs. We were swimmers, so we were out in the sun all day long. Uh, we swam competitively as well as for fun. So now we know that you have to protect yourselves from that, and we have to protect the kids. Avoid tanning beds. Avoid tanning lamps. Avoid sun lamps. 
oh my gosh, when we were kids, we used the sun lamps in the spring so that we didn't look so white when we uh, put on our swimsuits in the summertime. Now, you got to check your skin or have your doctor or your uh, family member check it. Certain types of moles have an increased risk of becoming a melanoma, and this is the bad boy. And routine removal of many moles is not generally recommended, but in the hands of an experienced physician, a pre-malignant or malignant mole can be uh, identified and treated with excision. A word about vitamin D. We need vitamin D to build bones, and it's made naturally by our skin when we're in the sun. Uh, And it's best to protect ourselves from the sun, and in doing so, we may not get as much vitamin D uh, into the system. Now, the other part of this, which a lot of physicians don't know and don't understand, is that as we get older, it's not the vitamin D in the skin that is the active component. That's changed from vitamin D1, the skin vitamin D, into vitamin D2, and then into vitamin D3. D3, calcitriol, that is the active vitamin D agent. And whether or not you're wearing sunscreen, uh, whether or not you're doing all the right things and eating right, as we get older, we may lose the ability to convert vitamin D1 to D3. And that's because our kidney and our liver, which does all the heavy lifting in this area, uh, loses some of its ability. And we can check for vitamin D levels. We can check to see if we have enough D3, but we don't actually measure D3. We measure D2. D2 is easier to measure, and we know that the conversion from D1 to D2 is similar to in terms of the amount of vitamin that's produced as it is from D2 to D3. And I've heard uh, highly reputable national physicians on major networks saying, well, you just need to get out in the sun more. No, 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 no. That's wrong. And I'll sit down and debate it with any doctor who wants to talk to me about it. You're going to have to take the vitamin D3, not the D1 or the D2. You've got to take the active agent, which is the D3. And so if you're wearing sunscreen and you're getting older to boot, then you're going to want to think about getting some D3 on board. You can always go to your doctor and get a vitamin D level drawn. Right now, as I said before, we're using the vitamin D2 level to determine whether or not you need the vitamin D3. So get these cancers early. When they're small, check your own skin. Learn the patterns of moles, blemishes, freckles, and other marks that you have on your body. And if you have a big, hairy birthmark, those have to be watched because they can deteriorate into skin cancers. In a well-lit room, in a full-length mirror, use a handheld mirror for areas that are hard to see, even if you don't want to look at that area. Take a little peek anyway. Examine all areas, including your palms, soles, scalp, ears, nails, back, genitalia. Find it early. Normal moles are usually evenly colored, brown, tan, or slightly black spots. They can be flat or raised. They can be round or oval. And generally, they're less than about a quarter of an inch across, about the width of a pencil eraser. They can be present at birth, or they can appear as we hit adolescence. And many moles can appear at the same time, especially on areas of the skin that have been exposed to the sun. Normal moles, once a mole is developed, it will usually stay the same size, shape, and color for many years. So if it's not changing, uh, you're safe. And it may fade away in older people as the hormone levels drop. Most people have a few moles, 
and almost all of the moles are harmless. But if you see any changes in the mole, if it's growing, if it's changing in color, if it looks like it's getting ulcerated or irregular margins around it, then that needs to be seen by a doctor right away. That could be a melanoma developing, and you got to get that bad boy out early, early, early. Because once it's into the system, once it's into the body, it's uh, you know it's it's a it's a dice roll as to whether or not you're going to make it. Finding melanomas early, the ABCD rule can help and tell a normal mole from an abnormal mole or a melanoma. Asymmetry. Half the mold does not match the other half, so you have irregularities. Border irregularities, the edges of the moles are irregular, ragged, blurred, or notched. Color, the mole is not the same color all over. Differing shades of tan, brown, or black may be present, and sometimes patches of pink, red, blue, or white. Apparently, there are some patriotic melanomas. The diameter is usually bigger than six millimeters or about a quarter of an inch, but melanomas can be smaller than this as well. And they can also be intensely black or blue in color. So a normal mole is going to be small, about the size of a, 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 an eraser on a pencil. It's going to be uniformly one color. It can be flat or raised, and the borders are going to be smooth. They're not going to be jagged. Whereas with a melanoma, uh, you can have stacking up on top of the, the tissues, one on one cell group on top of another multiple colors in it, including red, blue. Uh, it can be irregular. The borders are, are notched or irregular. It can be two-colored, where one half of the mole is not the same color as the other half, or it can be a combination of all these things, including ulcerated. So be sure and show your doctor anything that you think is suspicious. And I'm going to spend a couple minutes and talk about uh, some of the uh, really fascinating advances in cancer therapy. Now, we have a group of, of uh, agents that we call biologics or immunologics or immunomodulators. And these are not the typical anti-cancer medications. They're not chemicals that will block the uh, division of the cell at a biochemical level and the uh, by interfering with the genetic material of the cell or interfering with one of the proteins in the cell that's necessary to divide. And we use these and have used these for a, a number of years because, uh, in general, the, the cancers are faster growing than the surrounding tissue, so they should be more sensitive to uh, medication or chemicals that will interfere with the replication, and then these cells will die before they can reproduce and make more cancer cells. But now we have some very interesting uh, and very uh, um, specific medications that we can use that are not chemicals per se. They're, they're actually antibodies. And what these do is they will change the way our immune system reacts. For instance, we have lymphocytes called T lymphocytes that are invasive, so they, uh, they're invasive into cancers, and they will attack them and, and kill cancer cells. And that's pretty cool, but some of these cancers will make chemicals that turn off the, uh, these lymphocytes. These lymphocytes are like uh, ninjas or commandos. They go out and they seek out these really bad guys, and they kill them. Well, 
if they can't identify them because some part of their their vision or their their sensing, their actually they do it by biochemical sensing, uh, has been turned off or blocked by the cancer cells, then the cancer cell can grow unchecked in the body. Well, we now have antibodies that have been uh, manufactured that will actually block this chemical that the cancer cells make that turns off our lymphocytes and keeps them from doing their job. And then these things, these uh, chemicals, I mean, these antibodies that turn off these chemicals make it so that the lymphocytes, our white blood cells, a specialized group that they're killer, seeker, hunter kind of guys, they can go out and find these cancer cells and attack them and kill them. And that's what we want. So we have a bunch of new things on the market like Mligic and Opdivo, and there's a, a whole slew of them with these big fancy names, and they are monoclonal. That means that they're one specific antibody uh, that is directed against an antigen, and an antigen is just that thing that stimulates that antibody to be produced or that we can produce in the lab or in the uh, pharmaceutical factory and use these as treatments for uh, the the cancers that we're talking about, uh, like the melanomas. So the, this this was discovered several decades ago. Initially, it was ipilimumab. I can't even pronounce these things. And so these are big breakthroughs in the immunotherapy. And we discovered that the receptor surface on the T lymphocytes, these killer hunter-seeker lymphocytes that are part of our immune system had these receptor sites called CTLA-4. And by inhibiting or stopping the T-cell activation, the cancer could grow unchecked. So then we developed an antibody to the anti-CTLA-4. This sounds pretty complex, doesn't it? It sounds like a war. Basically, it is. I mean, there are tactics involved here. And so the cancer cells are making this chemical, and we're making another one to block that one from blocking our cells from doing their job. It's all very confusing, but it's really, really cool. And so we have these things, and they're, they're called PD-1 drugs. And we've got them on the market now, and there have been some cures of melanomas with these uh, medications. We don't use these for local disease. For just for that little area of the skin when it's cut out and there's, there's no residual and there's no lymph node involvement. But we do use it when it's out of the barn and it's into the organs. And there have been people who were dying from melanomas who were given these treatments that have had a, apparently a complete and durable recovery and have been alive five to ten years now. Now, it's not everybody. And there are some genetics that we have to look at when we do use these things to determine whether or not they're going to be effective. So we have to check the cancer cells for their, uh, their genetics, their, their, uh, their makeup uh, at, at the uh, level of inheritance and what they tell their daughter cells and what they give to their daughter cells. And that's important too. And there are centers that deal with this on a, on a full-time basis, and there are pathology labs that will actually do these additional studies and determine whether or not there are genetic markers on these uh, cancer cells that uh, make it favorable or unfavorable to the immunologics or biologics. And this is a really cool class of drugs, a lot of promise, and a lot of hope on the horizon, not only for melanoma, but for other solid tumors like kidney cancers, 
and uh, skin cancers uh, uh, other than melanomas and lung cancers that are formed from the skin of the lining of the air tubes in the lungs. So that's it, friends. Uh, you got the whole skinny right there on skin cancer all in one hour from you-know-who, Dr. Bill, your radio MD. By the way, I'm at Bay Area Medical in St. Petersburg, 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Love you guys, and I will see you next week. Billy Boy, thank you a lot, and I'm out of here. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the sale. Remember, the highest bidder buys it. Takes it away. A hundred is bid already. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.